Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm thinking that everybody here in the Southern California area is relieved that we are entering autumn. And happy Columbus Day to those who celebrate. Today we have a very, very special guest, Chris Malberg. He is a best-selling author of 12 books and 100 magazine articles, and probably more than that. His publishers include Simon & Schuster, Putnam, Wiley, McGraw-Hill, Adams, and Smashwords, which is his new favorite, and we'll talk about it more later. Um, He is a CPA, and he has his MBA and he is a former investment banker, and his company, Writers Resource Group, Inc., provides outsourced literary services to corporations. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the benefits of digital publishing or e-publishing, and we are going to talk about his new fiction release called Car Wars. So with that introduction, welcome, Chris. Good morning, Cindy. Glad to be here. It's really, really good to have you, and I know that you're quite the e-book enthusiast. You're right. I've become one just recently. Um, as, you, as you said, I've uh, been an author of uh, the mainstream publishing uh, publishers uh, for about 15 years now. Those are all hard copies. Um, and it wasn't until just recently that uh, with uh, my novel, Car Wars, that I decided, let's, let's go ahead and try this new technology ebooks. And so far, it's worked out beautifully. It really has. I know that you're like a little kid. You're amazed with what you're finding, the capabilities and the benefits are every day. It seems that every day you're determined to look at the e-book puzzle and find new pieces that can make things even better. Well, it's, it's really cool. There are so many benefits to uh, uh, reading on an e-book, not to disparage hard copy. There's a, a lot of uh, people who are resistant, who are my age, that still want to do the uh, or carry around the, uh, the five-pound tomes of the hard copy books. But uh, there are also those of us who have uh, uh, laid those aside and uh, gotten to the ebook. Um, I think that's where the publishing industry trend is going. Uh, certainly, it's uh, moving away from hard copy books and into digital books. Uh, as a matter of fact, the hard copy of the publishing industry in general over the last two years has grown just about three percent. Basically, it's been flat, except the ebook component of that has actually grown thirty-nine percent. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense to have an increase there. It reminds me of a different time in the 1970s when everybody was talking about the proliferation of traditional TV broadcasting into cable, okay? (laughs) And everybody said, you know, oh, well, we're always going to need our traditional broadcast, but cable gives us so much more opportunities and so many, um, you know, so many reasons to think out of the box, and everybody was really excited. So it's a technological revolution, and I think that it always has its benefits. But why, you know, why the trend to digital publishing, Chris? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. We have, uh, first of all, we have an installed base of millions and millions of these e-readers and computers that are capable of reading an electronic book around the world. So you have this, this huge capability clamoring for content. Also, we have this next generation of readers. They're becoming more and more used to reading on some sort of a digital reading device rather than hard copy. The college kids, for example, um, so many of their textbooks now are electronic, and they're, they're reading them on the, uh, their computers, um, some on their iPads, uh, some even on their Kindles. Also, most libraries now have uh, an electronic book reading service. 
Yeah, I think that it's becoming pretty popular. I know that the big news today is the new tablet that I think Microsoft came out with. Am I correct? Um, well, actually, I think it was Kindle. Uh, yesterday, Kindle announced their uh, new uh, <clears throat> their Fire device. That's what they called it. That's it. It was the Kindle Fire device, and they were making comparisons to the iPad 2. It seems like they're pretty apples and oranges in their comparisons, but still revolutionary and will certainly take a small share of the iPad market because of the price. Well, I don't know what the price is yet, but I think uh, price could be an advantage, and uh, I haven't seen the, uh, the Kindle Fire yet, but... I think if uh, Kindle managed to uh, create a screen that could uh, show all the colors and all the, uh, the, the robust features that this device is supposed to have in bright sunlight, I think then they've got the, the pad beat. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's true because a lot of us, when we're writing, would love to have the opportunity to write outside, and we have limitations with that. So you're right. I don't think that they talked about that being an advantage when I watched the press conference rollout on Fox TV News. So I think that they still have, an, they have a challenge there. Digital publishing eclipsed hard copy publishing, you know, obviously, um, or it will be soon if it hasn't yet. What are your, what's the statistics? What do you know about that? Well, I think, um, you know, we have this, this huge uh, groundswell of growth from the ebook industry, and you have content uh, coming online uh, and available uh, month after month. I know uh, my publisher, Smashwords, for the, the first novel, Car Wars, uh, I think they're publishing like something like 10,000 uh, uh, manuscripts a month. A month! Now, tr- try that if you're a traditional hard copy publisher. It would put you under... So, oh yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's it's just it, it really is amazing. I haven't really been a user of eBooks very much before I started hanging out with you. Um, you know, because you know I was like fumbling around with my iPad and trying to figure out you know what toys I had and what toys I didn't have. And now that I've re- now that I've read Car Wars on it. I've already downloaded another couple of books. I don't know how people cannot download a book and have an iPad, particularly if they're going on a plane. It, it's just so easy, and you know, it makes book reading so much easier. And you could make the page lighter, and you can make the font bigger, and you could do whatever you want. Yeah, we seem to be extolling the virtues of the electronic readers. Um, I don't mean to sound like an evangelist, and, and maybe I do, but uh, I will tell you, I have a, a good friend who's a uh, He's a physician. He's my radiologist, as a matter of fact. He's also a speed reader. I was over at his home one day, and I see this foot-high stack of six hard-copy novels. I said, Matt, what's, what's all this? He says, oh, that's this week's reading. Wow, that must be you know, close to you know, 5,000 pages right there. I said, you know, you ever thought of getting yourself an e-book? He said, oh, no, no, no. I, uh, I'm a hard-copy guy. I thought, okay. Uh-huh. The next time I went over there, I brought him a Kindle. I bought him a Kindle. And he is now a convert. So he, he uh, moved from what must have been at least five pounds of books to basically what is a Kindle weigh, you know, three or four ounces. And he can cart this around with him when he travels. I have another friend who's uh, getting up in years now. Bill is about uh, 75 years old. And he's, been a, he's a, on the local library board, as a matter of fact. He uh, is a uh, hard-copy devotee until I, I let him borrow one of our Kindles here at the firm. And uh, now he's, he, he won't give it back. <laughs> no, and listen, it's um again it's really it's it's really quite convenient and I think that the hardest factor to get a person to start 
is just downloading that first book and going through the motions. It's like anything else. I mean, when you do it the first time, then it becomes, it becomes habit very, very quickly. Because <laughs> you go into the iBook store and you see this wonderful library of books and, you know, you could do anything from education to entertainment. It's, uh, it's really quite amazing. But, well, what, a, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a, the economics for the book buying public also for going to the electronic uh, books rather than sticking with hard copy. The economics for the, the public is, is in, incredible. Um, most books, most hard copy books, begin at $20. And if you have a best-selling author like one of my friends, Dean Koontz, you're talking about $25 to $30. An e-book, on the other hand, significantly less, anywhere between... You know, three or four dollars, all the way up to ten dollars. I haven't seen very many ebooks uh, going above that. Some of them do, but you're still substantially below. It's sometimes is uh, around fifty percent the price of a hard copy book. So all of a sudden, we've uh, we authors have made our content available to a, a much wider uh, reader pool. I like that. I like uh, I, I write books to be read, and uh, the economics are certainly secondary. And, and the more people that I can get into that pool take a look at what we've done, the better. Of course, there's all different ways that you can do that. You're learning very quickly that we can use a lot of social media platforms to, you know, promote the book and have giveaways and make people aware of it. You know, silly little things. If you become a 50th like on Facebook, <laughs> you might get to, you know, win a copy of the book Car Wars. In fact, if you want to do that right now, all you have to do is go into Facebook, like Car Wars, and tag Car Wars on your page. And tagging Car Wars on your page simply means put at Car Wars, the ebook, and then you can be applicable for the contest. So our next contest is Sweet 50, and that's what we're hoping to get to with your fan base. And I know that you're having a lot of fun observing that, Chris. You are so kind, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm... Uh, I was never a, a, a social media whiz before, but I'm learning very rapidly now thanks to some of the people that I'm involved with. There's another uh, one of the reason why we're seeing this huge groundswell in digital publishing. Uh, there's a short time to market to produce a more timely product, and that's really key to an author, um, especially if, if uh, the subject of your book uh, is literally ripped from the headlines, like Car Wars, for example, uh, deals with technological and, and industrial terrorism. It's right on the front pages. Uh, you can't wait a year or so for a publisher, a hard copy publisher, to get around to publishing and distributing your book. It needs to be out there now. Um, that's one of the reasons why we chose uh, uh, the electronic publishing uh, platform for Car Wars. We wanted to get it out there, and I will tell you, once the manuscript was completed, it was about two weeks until that book was out and distributed and available on Amazon, iTunes, Diesel, Barnes & Noble, you name it. It, it was there within two weeks, uh, whereas my experience with McGraw-Hill, Simon & Schuster, Putnam & Wiley, uh, it's going to be, oh, 12 months or so. I know my, one of my last books with John Wiley & Sons, uh, it was scheduled for a publication date of nine months from submission of the manuscript. This happened to be an investment book. And I called up the editor. I said, you know, this is, uh, the, the, all the content here is going to be spoiled if you all wait for nine months. Can't we get it moved up to two months from now? And it was like pulling teeth to get them to agree four months from now. So that, well. that's the uphill battle that you have with a hard copy publisher. It's completely eliminated with an electronic book. 
Yeah, and I think that the timing of it, particularly with a book that connects to the headlines, as you say, that Car Wars certainly does, you know, they're really, you did not have that wait time. Well, you actually could have, but it would have been a longer lag between, you know, the, you know, the time that some news incidents happened that, you know, happened to be fictionally recovered <laughs> in Car Wars. You wouldn't want that much of a window of time separating the time that these events happened and the way that you have a fictional interpretation and story in your book, right? Exactly right, yeah. So um, we're coming to the end of this segment, Chris, so I'm going to just wrap up by telling all the listeners that this book is available through several platforms. Smashwords, I know, is Chris's favorite, um, smashwords.com. But you could go to www.carwarsebook.com and order it almost anywhere. It's also available on Amazon, Kindle for iPhone, iTunes.com, iBooks iPad, Diesel.com, Barnes & Noble, Nook. I mean, you, could, you want Car Wars, you can find it. You could also converse with the author, Chris Melberg, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. And um, I know that Chris will be very, very happy to engage in conversation with you. Don't go away. We will have more conversation, in fact, with Chris Malberg when we come back after this commercial break. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where you're Opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're with Chris Melberg, world's famous author, once a famous author, just for business books, 11, 12 of them, I should say, but now he has ventured into the world of fiction. And I have to tell everybody that I read Car Wars, and I couldn't put it down. And we'll talk more about the fiction release a little later, but I want to just say to everybody that we all look for escape. Um, those of us that are busy in particular really love it when we can find entertainment that can take our minds 100% off of the stress of what we have to face on a day-to-day basis. 
And for those that know me personally, you know I'm not exactly a calm, relaxed person, and it takes a lot to make me calm and relaxed. And Car Wars really did it. It was the kind of book that I downloaded on my iPad, and I just couldn't wait to read what happened next because it's jam-packed with adventure, great arcs and character. Um, you're going to learn to love every single character in the book except for the evil few. <laughs> Yang Gunzanshi. Yes, Yang Zhu Ganshi. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the protagonists are ones that, you know, Chris built into really, really fine characters with, you know, complicated dimensions, but you learn to love them and you root for them, and I think at the end everybody will have happy feelings. And, uh, you know, Chris, you did such a, such a terrific job in writing that, and I know that you did it while you were, while you were healing from surgery. Actually, yeah, people ask me, you know, they, who know me, they say, well, you, you know, you're a CPA, you're, you do all these financial books. Um, I never knew you had this evil side to you. And I said, well, you know, what happened was I was, uh, I was recuperating from uh, some surgery due to an athletic accident, uh, an athletic injury. I'm an endurance athlete. And, um, you know, I had this idea laying there in my hospital bed with, uh, about, uh, you know, what would happen if the um, sudden acceleration car crashes weren't accidents. And it just kind of took off from there. I had uh, uh, some time to, to noodle it around. I started making a few notes. And, um, you know, during my uh, physical therapy rehab and then the hours and hours uh, that I spent in the gym recuperating and getting back to my uh, uh, normal athletic performance, I brought my notebook, uh, started making some notes, started jotting some stuff down. Then on the long-distance bicycle rides to the hills uh, of uh, Southern California where we live, I uh, had a, um, a voice recorder, I made some more notes, and before you knew it, I had uh, what I thought was enough material to start actually do, doing an outline for the, the manuscript, and, uh, you know, that book just poured out of me. It took about 60 days to, for me to draft the first, uh, the, the first manuscript for it, and I, I liked it. I had uh, gotten to know the, uh, the characters, the actors in it uh, pretty well. Uh, those uh, who I was supposed to like, I had fallen in love with, and uh, the, the several people in that, that populate this book who were uh, the evil uh, 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 people, I thought, you know, this is not somebody that I would uh, like to even have on this planet, so let's kill them off. <laughs> the control of an author. <laughs> That's one of the things that attracted me to fiction. Uh, if, if, uh, as a former investment banker, I was a control freak, and uh, that's, that's what authors are. When I take a look at my blank computer screen, I think, okay, what can we do today uh, to, to screw this thing up? And uh, it's, it is really, really a lot of fun. That's the joy I get from the... From writing the, the when, total when you when you were writing, I know that you had your storyline, but did you have the, did you think in your character development? Well, we need a young male, we need a young female. You know, did you go through the archetypes? We need an evil. You oh, know, yeah. okay. Yeah, the uh, I had uh, very clearly in mind where I wanted the story to go at each uh, point of inflection, and to drive that, to drive story, and to create the uh, uh, the story arc through each chapter. I needed interaction of various characters, and I needed particular types of characters at each point, and that's how I crafted them. Um, like many authors, I, I create extensive uh, biographies for my characters. In, in some cases, well, I will tell you, for the, the lead character, Jackson Schilling, um, his biography ran about 20 pages. Well, I'm I, sure. 
I knew everything about this guy from uh, his high school days all the way up to his time in the Navy SEALs and so uh, the time he took his job at the SEC Enforcement Division. And even a little bit about him as a child because you bring his father into the book a little later. Absolutely. So, that, so you know, even though a lot of this stuff, uh, the background material, isn't used, it's there and it comes through in the writing because you, you just know this guy so well. The same thing with uh, Helen Tiaming, the, uh, the heroine. Yeah, no, your character development is great, and you're hearing little pieces of this story, listeners, but you gotta, you really gotta go and, you know, take a look at this book for sure, and you could get it very easily through www.carwarsebook.com. Again, I, you know, you go to the salon, you know, you go to have conversations on business lunches, and people always say, hey, have you read a great book? You know, I need a great book, and Car Wars is really a great book, and you'll go through it so very, very quickly because, you know, you really fall in love with the storyline, and you become mesmerized, and sometimes you really become scared. There's this, um, you know, in my opinion, there's a little bit of this, you know, industrial terrorism, it reminds me of some of the things that we've seen in the TV series 24, which was really more political terrorism on the most part. But, you know, there's heavy stuff in there. Right. This is, uh, you know, this is one of the, the fun things about uh, being an author. Um, I probably would never get invited to the White House Situation Room. But as a writer, I can absolutely go there and I can take my reader friends with me. And that's, that's one of the things we're able to do. It's... Um, uh, when I was researching the scene in the Situation Room, um, I pretty much knew where every nook and cranny was. It's available. It's public knowledge if you know where to look. And in some cases, uh, for some of the scenes, I actually talked with some of the guys that were there. I've interviewed Navy SEALs. I've uh, been involved with the SEC before. It's, uh, that's one of the cool things about being an author. You can no, it is. go places you never, ever would have been able to go before. And you can take your readers with you. Exactly, and I want to tell your readers that they can look forward to that. Let's go back to the benefits of e-books for readers, because I know we mentioned earlier that you have become very much of an e-book enthusiast and you know, really want to share with the world what they can do with you know, e-book capabilities. So let's go through um, the reader's benefits. They buy an e-book rather than a hard copy. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, there's the convenience and the portability. I, I talk about my friend uh, Matt, the physician. Um, you know, rather than lugging around five pounds of books, especially if you're going on a flight or um, uh, on a trip or of some sort, you don't want to carry all that stuff around. I mean, that's almost a small suitcase in itself. So just pop it all uh, into an ebook and you're there. Um, next is the cost. Uh, the cost for an ebook we touched on before, it's about 70% less in many cases. So uh, you're not investing a whole lot in a book. Now, there's a somewhat of a downside to that. You have a lot of uh, would-be authors who um, are self-publishing their, their electronic books who probably really don't belong in print. And as a reader, you have to become very discriminating. You know, take a look at the author's background. Take a look at the book's website. Um, read some samples. Uh, if you're at all skeptical before you make an investment, download uh, uh, a couple chapters and see if you like it. Um, it's not really the money that, uh, that is at stake here. It's your time. It's time that could be better spent on somebody else. One of the reasons why and I took uh, a lot of care in... Um, uh, having a professional copy editor go through the manuscript, fix 
fix all the uh, grammatical errors that, that we could find. And we created a really nice website that pretty much tells you everything about this book and about me that you ever want to know before you make your, your buy decision. Um, digital over hard copy has a couple technological adva um, advances that you're never, ever going to find in a hard copy book. First of all, there's, there's highlighting. Um, on an electronic book, especially uh, nonfiction books that you're reading actually for knowledge, uh, you can highlight certain passages and always be able to go back to them again if you want to. You can do a search. If there's a particular topic or keywords or something that you're looking for, in that manuscript, and let's say it's a long manuscript, 500 pages or more, you don't want to have to page through it. Do a keyword search just like you do when you're using your Word, Microsoft Word. Um, you've got it. You can take notes. You can take electronic notes right there on the page that you're looking for. Uh, you can also, uh, especially in my case here, uh, what the public is commenting on in certain passages. Uh, the, the Amazon's Kindle is very good for that because you're linked uh, with, uh, through the Internet at all times with their WhisperNet technology. It's a, a great way to do it. You can share uh, sections of the entire book with others. You can uh, uh, have a, a running commentary with uh, friends and associates around the world because it, because it is Internet-enabled. It's, uh, um, I would say, one of the things that uh, modern authors going forward are going to be, we're not just writers anymore. We're actually producers of content and it's multimedia content. The technology of electronic books is such that we can put videos in there, we can put audio files, we can put photos, pictures, all sorts of stuff. And the technology is only going to become more and more robust as the years go on. If you pick up a copy of the Rob Report um, uh, magazine, cool magazine, high-glossy magazine for uh, very expensive toys for rich guys, put it on your iPad. Um, it's in full color. All of a sudden, you've got video files available. You turn a page, and you hear this jet engine going right through the speakers. Um, some author had the, the presence of mind to say, okay, we're not just writing. We are content producers. And really, uh, I consider myself not just a writer. I'm a communicator. I will communicate in whatever medium or mediums is most effective for the material that we're presenting. And that's the nice thing about electronic uh, media right now. It, it, you can get so far beyond just the printed word. Well, you can. And I want to just give you know, plugs to you, too, in terms of some of the other things that you do at Writers Resource Group. I mean, you know, I, I, I have to say this in my learning process. Anybody could be a writer, and that's great. I mean, you know, this digital ebook technology and blogging technology can make anybody into an author. The thing that's really important to understand, however, is if your content isn't interesting and doesn't connect to the reader or read well with the reader, then you're probably not going to have as much interest. I mean, the whole key is to write something, write something well. And I just have to say what a terrific coach you are. I mean, you are the most extraordinary book doctor in the world. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a lot of fun for me doing this. I've helped uh, a number of fledgling authors, and, and we, uh, we've actually had a couple of their books published. Um, and it's, it is a lot of fun seeing how someone develops and how just with uh, introducing them to a little technique, they uh, absorb it right away, and then all of a sudden you see exactly what you're talking about one day on the printed page the next day. 
No, it's it's really really amazing, and you know, again, you are a man of many many talents, as people have heard throughout the show, and we'll talk more about them in the next segment. We will also talk about benefits to the author, because in this segment we covered benefits to the readers, but there are a lot of ebook benefits for the author, and I know that the listeners would be interested in hearing about that. Um, stand by, don't go away. More with Chris Malberg after this commercial break. Bye. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're having a terrific interview with Chris Malberg, author, extremely talented you know, um, person who runs Writer's Resource Group. Um, I can't say enough wonderful things about Chris Malberg and his book and his work ethics and his company. And now we're going to talk about what the benefits to the author are in the world of ebook publishing. If you are just tuning in now, please know that you could go back to the beginning of the show very easily. This is all electronic. This is all digital. I think that if you missed the first two segments, you should go back and take a listen. Um, but now let's talk about ebook benefits to the author. What are the benefits to authors of digital over hard copy publishing, Chris? It was a huge eye-opener for me when I first embarked on this uh, project for Car Wars. And I, I knew right from the beginning I wanted to bypass hard copy and go right to digital. Uh, as a, a former hard copy uh, author, um, I had uh, literary agents. Actually, I had two very fine literary agencies working for me. I've been published by all the big publishing houses uh, worldwide. And there were always, it seemed, um, impediments between, uh, and, and roadblocks between myself and, and my readers. And we always seemed to get through them, but it, it took time and it took effort, and it kind of slowed down the... Uh, Projects progress, not so with electronic books. For an, an author who um, wants to kind of put that aside and become more of a communicator and become closer to his audience, uh, this is really the way to go. Um, 
the economics are certainly part of it. Um, as as a hard, former hard copy author, uh, it's common knowledge that most uh, authors get about 15% of the uh, gross retail price in a hard copy situation. Of that 15%, uh, you pay 15% of that to your literary agent. So you're not making a whole lot of money, and you have to sell a ton of books to make a living. Most authors don't do that. Matter of fact, they say about 80% of all hard copy books that are published never make back their advance. And the uh, economic uh, business model for these big publishing houses is, okay, yeah, we'll absorb those losses, but for the 20% that do make back their advances, um, uh, hopefully we're going to find one Harry Potter in the mix that's going to pay for everything else. I'm happy to say that all 12 of my books made back their advances. Um, with an electronic book, though, the uh, economic proposition is truly turned upside down. You get a, a much larger percentage of the royalty pie. Cindy, uh, at the top of the hour, you had mentioned uh, Smashbooks happens to be uh, my, my favorite uh, uh, digital platform to buy the, the book Car Wars. Well, there's a reason for that. Smashbooks uh, uh, gives me an 85% uh, royalty on the, uh, on the purchase price. Um, but, you know, really, it's, it's not that much money when you're talking about a book that uh, is just selling for $4.99. Um, on Amazon, Amazon will take uh, 30% off the top for them. And they deserve it. They're a huge distributor. They're providing you with a lot of uh, value added. So does Smashwords. Smashwords is responsible for uh, converting the manuscript to all the electronic reader formats. And there's a ton of them out there that Smashwords has to do that for. They deserve every penny of that 15% that they're taking. Um, you're not paying a publisher for unnecessary, print, uh, unnecessary services, such as printing. The book isn't being printed anymore. It's all in digital format. Um, or the ineffective services that publishers are, are selling to their authors, such as marketing and PR. Um, it's common knowledge. Uh, so many uh, uh, big publishing houses now are uh, under the gun financially. Um, they're cutting staff. They're reducing uh, salaries. They're having huge salary cuts and layoffs. The people who are left there are those that couldn't find a job anyplace else in a more stable, uh, economically viable enterprise. So they're there. those are the people that uh, you're placing your book, uh, the, the publicity and the marketing of your book in, in their hands, and it's just simply uh, not effective. For example, on one of our books, we had a, uh, uh, an appearance on a TV show uh, in New York, and uh, part of the responsibility of the publisher's reps was to get copies of the book in the, in the producer's hands by such and such a date. Never happened. So, I mean, that's... that's uh, well, you know, I think conventionally, even in traditional publishing, it was always recommended to a writer to hire their own publicist because the publicists at the publishing houses just have, you know, too much on their plates and, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to pay as much attention to your, you know, hard copy promotion as a, pu- as a publicist that you might hire on your own. Exactly. So, you know, and you know the same thing happens in the movie business as well. The one thing that seems to be an obstacle, and you know that I'm fairly new to learning the rules and you know how people are perceiving digital publishing, just you know as new to it as you are, is that the traditional press still I, I don't see them as early adopters here, and I, I think a big reason for that. And when I say traditional press, I mean the book reviewers at the New York Times. I'm talking about the book reviewers at the LA Times. 
they they don't seem to yet understand that a digital book is still a book, and maybe that's because they didn't yet enter the digital revolutions themselves. They're used to working for a print newspaper, okay, and they haven't quite gone a hundred percent digital yet themselves. So there seems to be this kind of well, if you're a digital book, I, you know. We don't know if we're going to have somebody to review it kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you're, you're saying it politely. I, I would probably say they, they look down their noses at a, a digital book. Well, I can understand why so many digital books are not published by mainstream publishing houses. Now, um, I think three of our, our latest hard copy books are uh, in electronic book format, and they have indeed been reviewed. It's very difficult getting, say, the New York Times book section or the LA Times book section, or Forbes, or Fortune, or whomever, to review a book that's solely available electronically. Uh, I think you're right. There is a, almost a resistance by uh, the hard copy establishment to not that's let right. the e-books right. in. I think what we're seeing is something almost similar to what uh, the music industry underwent 10 years ago with Napster and some of the others. Uh, all of a sudden now we have a digital revolution. We no longer need the mainstream publishers to get our content out. And it's the same uh, authors and writers and producers and musicians and so forth that's producing the content. They're just doing it for themselves. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that's really true. And I do think that's going to change in terms of, you know, the snobby looking down their noses at it. I, I think that's going to change just as much as the traditional press actually have begun to embrace social media platforms because they really didn't have a choice because their publishers are telling them that they have to build their communities through these platforms because their publishers know that eventually, guess what? They're going to all be digital in the next 10 years. And we're already seeing the movement toward that. Um, Forbes, for example, Forbes magazine, if you look at the uh, hard copy, it's a pretty thin magazine. But go to Forbes.com. That's what's uh, really carrying the publication. Same thing with so many of these uh, other magazines, like uh, the Raw Report I had mentioned before. Uh, look at the hard copy version. It's, it's got a lot of stuff in it. It's, it's nice. It's pretty. It's in a glossy a hard copy magazine. Look at the digital version on your iPad. All of a sudden, you've got stuff that content pieces that are not in that could never be in the hard copy version. Right. No, I, listen, I, I think that you and I are early adopters to this. I know that you would say not early enough because, you know, we came into it a little later. But we are at a time where we're watching the industry make major, major, major changes. Um, you know, the New York Times at a recent conference didn't want to give hard facts but insinuated pretty clearly that by the year 2015, they're principally going to be digital. I think that's extraordinary. They just cannot afford the, um, uh, the cost it takes, and, uh, not only for printing but for distribution as well. Uh, also, uh, content today now has uh, such a high spoilage factor, such a fast spoilage factor. Uh, what's news... Uh, Today, at, uh, it's uh, 20 minutes to 8 a.m. on Thursday. Um, by 8.30, is going to be old, so you can't afford to have that. Uh, whereas, digitally, you've, you've, you've got it, especially if you're a newspaper. For example, the Wall Street Journal um, is constantly updating their pieces and their, their, um, uh, their platform 
you can see uh, daily price changes there. You can see uh, news as it hits particular uh, companies whose stock you may own. That's a perfect venue for, for a digital newspaper. Oh, it is, and, and for digital TV as well. I mean, I have my friend Ken LaCourt, who is the VP of digital for Fox News Worldwide. And, you know, he, it's, you want to hear something funny, he kind of looks down at the TV stations because he feels he's so far ahead of them. You know, so if I say to him, oh, I saw something on Fox TV News, you know what he'd say? He'd say, oh, you mean the local station? <laughs> yeah, exactly. because, he, because his content is way ahead because he's gathering content on the minute from around the world without having to send out a camera crew. Exactly. Well, we were talking about the benefits to the author, and this is, this is one of the primary benefits, this speed to market and the flexibility that you have with the types of content that you're delivering. And, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, most writers today, they, they cannot afford to just be an author or a writer. They are content providers. They are almost like a producer. They're uh, communicating, communicating ideas to an audience and in whatever media form is, uh, is most effective. And that's what you want. Well, it's exactly what you want. And you could definitely, um, you could actually retrieve, I guess, all of your 12 books through digital platforms. Am I correct? Um, I don't know about all of them. I, uh, the first one that I wrote was uh, about 15 years ago. It was called How to Fire Your Boss. I don't think they've put that in, in a digital format yet. Um, oh, okay. But, you know, that's, that's okay. Maybe someday it, it will be. You never know. Uh, but still, very impressive with your track record, best-selling author of 12 books and over 100 magazine articles. And, you know, if anybody can talk about being enthused for digital publishing, it's you because you've been traditionally published before. We're coming to the end of this segment. Any last-minute advice um, to, you know, the, to authors? I think that we covered all the points. Yeah, I do, just real quick. If you're looking and considering a, a manuscript that is uh, fiction or doesn't require a lot of uh, photos and pictures and so forth, um, for your very first foray into digital walk or run, don't walk to your nearest digital publisher and find out how you can get your manuscript on their platform. And there are so many available. And I know that you have you know, encouraged people to look for those that are, you know, charge no fees. Yeah, um, that's uh, actually uh, Smashwords is, is one who doesn't charge a fee. Amazon is another. They have a very fine uh, digital publishing platform, makes it very easy. Um, but you're kind of uh, hooked into just Amazon's uh, platforms, uh, which is uh, the, the Kindle uh, versions of, of it, whereas uh, if you go to some of the others, it uh, uh, converts your manuscript to all the various kinds of platforms, and that's what I was after for Star Wars. Uh, with a topic so timely as industrial terrorism, I wanted it to be available to as wide an audience as possible. So I chose a, a publisher that did uh, that converted to every type of uh, electronic reading device out there on the market currently. I know, and it seems that Smashwords is working well for you. Well, listen, we are going to take our last commercial break, then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the novel itself, which I know you're very excited about, even though we touched upon it on some earlier segments, so don't go away. We'll have more with Chris Malberg when we come back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're in our final segment with Mr. Chris Nalberg, enthusiastic e-publishing professional and um, writer of many business books and now the writer of fiction. And I think this is going to be a fun segment because we're going to talk about, you know, talk about your personal experience with e-publishing, talk a little bit about, you know, a little bit more about the book. Um, you know, you've alluded to current events in several other segments. I know that people might think about making comparisons to some of the mechanical challenges that Toyota had, and I know that when we've discussed the book, it's almost as if Toyota becomes, you know, redeemed in any of the, you know, bad PR or sort of the negative vibes that Toyota may have left in people's, you know, bodies when there were a series of mechanical difficulties. Well, first of all, let me say that this this book is a work of fiction. Any uh, 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 likeness to any real person or company uh, is purely coincidental. It was truly, uh, and that's really what every author does. His characters and the, the, in my case, the companies that populate the book. Um, they're usually a conglomeration, a composition of uh, uh, many real-life people. In, in my case, that's most certainly true. The, the uh, protagonist, uh, Jackson Schilling, is uh, not any one individual. His resources and capabilities come from my own personal experience through a variety of individuals. Same thing with the companies that are involved here. It's not just any one company. But what we're trying to accomplish here is, is really answer the question in this book, what happens when a handful of leaders in one company with the means set their sights on total domination of another? That's the premise. And that's what we started out with, just that one line, and, and we spun it out from there. I spun it out from there. Um, I think it's, a, for me, it was a, an extraordinarily gripping uh, idea. You know, what happens if, if we have uh, 
uh, a real sicko, an evil individual who heads uh, a global company, and they have the means to destroy not only another their their principal competitors, but possibly uh, with the help of uh, their government, uh, an entire country. That's that's the, uh, the the line of the story. Oh, world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you I go. mean, it's a country that really you know is has the capability of destroying the world. Well, I'm not going to uh, uh, spoil it for everybody, spoil the fun, but uh, it, uh, it's, there are a number of layers for car wars. Certainly it, there's the, the corporate level, and it happens to be automotive companies. There's the, um, uh, the global economic level, uh, economic uh, war between uh, various countries. Then there's the very personal level. It's, uh, it also is an epiphany of uh, one woman's quest to find out what she's really made of after she's lead a, led a fairly decadent life. This is a Helen Tiaming. Uh, she enters the book as a real screw-up. She's a party girl. She doesn't have much to offer the world. She's uh, born into a family purely by accident, uh, which is a family of billionaires. And uh, she doesn't do much uh, until she meets Jackson Schilling. And then she's forced to actually take some responsibility and to act. And we see how uh, see her struggles throughout the book, see how she's evolving, until finally... At the end, you kind of shake your head and say, okay, you, I'd like to pat her on the back and say, well done. That's, if, if one of my readers can do that after having read the book, uh, then we've, I've accomplished my purpose. Oh, yes. It's also an insightful look. I, I wanted to, to give at least some insight for the readers into how each of us, uh, if we're facing some unspeakable evil, can rise up uh, and become something much more than we ever imagined. Uh, if you can place yourself in the position of some of these characters, uh, they're making decisions, sometimes the decisions that you would make. Sometimes you're going to sit there and shake your head and say, oh, my God, why did you do that? And that's, that's really what we want. We, we want an, almost an interactive experience with these readers. Well, I think that you've created that very effectively. So, again, I want people to go and download this book so that they could get to know the characters and watch their trials and tribulations, their growth and their challenges, and, you know, really, really enjoy some of the action scenes that you've created because you do that very effectively, too. Thank you. Once, uh, when you're an author, you're, you're asking quite a bit of a reader, first of all, to lay down whatever the cost of your book is. But for many of us, more importantly than that, uh, spend some time with us. So... As an author, when I'm, uh, when I'm conducting my interviews with the press and the media and the pre-release and so forth, I'm selling myself. I'm asking the readers to take a look at me, me personally, and, and make the decision. Am I the kind of guy that you want to spend a couple hours with, maybe on an airplane or at the beach or whatever? And if the answer is yes, then maybe you'll, you'll, you'll buy the book. If it's no, then absolutely, let's move on to somebody else. So that's, that's what an author's trying to do is, is uh, basically sell themselves. Now, you um, have a background in the corporate world, which we talked about when we made the introduction of you. And um, it's interesting because of your experiences in the corporate world, you really were able to do a better job than others in providing the corporate overlay. Yeah, I've uh, been very fortunate in my career. I've uh, uh, been at Citigroup. I've been at a number of uh, major corporations. Um, seeing a Seeing how the senior executives in the, the executive suite at the chairman and the board level actually uh, 
gather information to make key decisions that affect so many thousands of people's lives, and not only that, uh, they're, they're consumers of their products. And I've, I've, in many, many cases, I was impressed. In some cases, I kind of shook my head and I said, man, you really don't belong in that office. And that's where, that's where Car Wars jumped off, because, you know, you, you, you're going to have in corporate America um, more good than, than uh, bad executives, but you're going to have some really rotten apples. And, you, you, yeah, and, and you got that right. And for any of us that have sat in the C-suites, <laughs> you know, really are able to get into those offices that you've created yeah, and feel like you're almost there. Yeah, you know, because well, I have been there. Yeah, no, exactly, and I and I thought that that worked really, really well. Um, you made a lot of cases for why going digital, but you know, you've done traditional publishing with your business books. Why did you decide to go digital for your first novel? Well, I I thought it was an interesting, fun technology to to try to uh, explore. Um, I had up till that up till the time that we released. Uh, uh, Car Wars, I was a, a non-fiction author. That's how uh, I made my living, um, and that's, uh, um, I didn't want to risk that. But I thought, you know, okay, here's, here's my first novel, here's Car Wars, it's a fun thing, probably won't make much money, and that's totally okay, so let's experiment. I, I kind of shook off the shackles of, of uh, uh, my business model and my revenue model, and I had some fun with it. I am so glad I did. This is, uh, it's been an eye-opener. It's taught me uh, about a whole new market, and I've met a lot of great people uh, doing this. And it really seems like you're having a lot of fun. You are the poster boy for e- you know, e-book publishing. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun, and you know, your enthusiasm is definitely contagious, to say the least. Um, so if, let's talk a little bit about promotion. Um, we touched upon it a little bit before. What promotional tools does an e-book publisher have available to them? Well, um, authors of e-books are going to be, they're going to have to self-promote their, their product. And it, it, make no mistake, it is a product. But in my case, that's really not been no, no big stretch from uh, my career as a hard copy author. Um, every author, whether it's digital or hard copy, you're pretty much on your own for, for promotion. No big publishing house is going to be uh, spending uh, what it takes to get your book out on the market in the hands of your readers. So um, you have to develop a real marketing plan, and that's what we did. I engaged uh, a very fine PR firm, actually your firm, to, to map out what we're doing on the um, uh, marketing of this. Uh, it opened my eyes that, okay, we're, since this is a digital book, going to have to go for digital marketing. We are on Twitter. We're on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. You name it, we're there. We're tweeting. We're blogging. Uh, that's another thing. If you go to the uh, to Car Wars uh, website, it's uh, www.carwarsebook.com, you're going to see a link to the blog. Blogging is something new for me. You know, People usually pay me for the content that I write, except in my own blog. And um, I will tell you, that's also been a, a very freeing experience. With this blog, I can write whatever I want. Nobody's going to censor me. I'm not writing for a client. I have as much time to develop my premise and, and my case as I want. Blog has been a lot of fun. Actually, I've been um, uh, making, I have, I think, three or four entries in there now after just uh, two weeks on it. So it is a lot of fun. I talk about quite a bit about the ebook industry. I talk a little bit about how I developed uh, the Car Wars premise and uh, you know, what I'm getting out of it. 
You know, I think that the truth is uh, any author who's worth his salt probably learns uh, more about uh, the topic than he ever teaches his, his uh, audience. Uh, that's one of the nice things I, I like about being a writer. I learn so much. Well, I want to thank you for joining the show for an hour. I have the pleasant news to share that you will be rebroadcast next week, too, because I have a speaking engagement, so I can't do my show. So you get to be on. The, you get to be on in the featured live archives for the next two weeks, Chris. So everybody should definitely tune in or go to www.voiceamerica.com, search Cindy Rakowitz, click onto the show, download it, share it, and do like Car Wars the ebook page on Facebook. Don't forget to tag at Car Wars the ebook when you are joining the page or liking the page because you can win a free copy of the book. And Chris, I want to really thank you for spending the hour with us. Well, thank you, Cindy, and thanks everybody for listening. All right. Well, we'll see you very soon in digital radio land. Have a great, safe weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I got synthetic Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 